podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. The day after Liverpool 3, Cardiff City 1 in the FA Cup fourth round. The Reds comfortably through to the fifth round where they will now face Norwich City. A good win for Liverpool. But more important than the win itself was the return of Thiago Alcantara, who we'll hope can now stay fit for the remainder of the season and give us a big upgrade in midfield. The return to fitness after four months out of Harvey Elliott, who also scored a goal. And the debut of Luis Diaz, who created a goal for Taki Minamino, although he hasn't been officially credited with the assist. I believe it's gone to Diogo Jota, who apparently gets a missed kick or an assist for a missed kick. But um, it was an interesting game. The first half wasn't great. Liverpool lined up with Cuevin, Callagher and goal. Trent, Canate, Virgil and Costas in defence. Naby, Jordan Henderson and Curtis Jones in midfield. And Minamino, Firmino and Jota up front. Bobby played more withdrawn. And it felt like we were playing something of a diamond for long stretches of the first half. And it was quite a a frustrating first half in which we did create two very good chances, one for Jota and one for Curtis Jones, but neither of them could take advantage. Cardiff played a very, very deep block, a five-man defence with three in front who basically just played as defenders in what was really a back eight with their two strikers dropping back to form a midfield. They offered very little threat. They didn't pass the ball a whole lot. They didn't try and do anything other than frustrate us. They did have one chance, but that was it. One chance was all they had for the first half, and the rest of it was spent defending in numbers against us. We were sloppy. I don't think anybody came out of the first half having played particularly well, bar maybe Virgil. The front three looked a little bit frustrated. The midfield three were really poor. Ibu looked a little bit shaky. Trent's passing wasn't quite there and Costas had a couple of mishit crosses. But in the second half, we had more purpose. And on 53 minutes, Trent Alexander-Arnold curled a free kick into the box and Diogo Jota somehow found space among the trees and rose and headed home. That guy is incredible in the air considering he's 5'10". And I saw numbers for his goals this season. He's got 15, I believe. He's got more goals with his weak foot than his strong foot and almost as many headed goals as goals with his strong foot. He is becoming just a deadly marksman. His movement, his intelligence, the way he finds space is incredible, especially from set pieces in the box among big bodies. He just always finds that little bit of space. 
And he almost doubled our lead with a half volley off a set piece. Again, finding space in the box where it didn't seem to exist. But what came then was the return of Harvey and the introduction of Luis Diaz coming on for Naby Keita and Curtis Jones. Bobby Firmino dropped into midfield and we had for a few minutes a midfield of Elliot Henderson and Firmino. It was interesting to see Bobby playing that bit deeper. Diaz played very much centrally, though he was meant to be the left-sided forward. And Tacky seemed to float about and it seemed like he was the one who dropped in behind the front two of Jota and Diaz. It was Diaz who made the second goal. A pressing action in the box, wins the ball back. A very Suarez-esque dribble on the touchline, or the end line rather, to beat two players. Plays the ball to Jota, who misses his kick. Makes slight contact, apparently, which is why he's been credited with the assist. And Tacky slots home from about eight yards out. A really tidy finish. And if that's a sign of what's to come from Luis Diaz, we should all be very excited. He looked lively, he looked purposeful. He worked back. He helped out Andy Robertson, who came on for Costa Simicus. He did everything you'd want him to do in that left-sided role. But when we had the ball, he was always trying to get himself into central areas to make things happen. He had a couple of lovely driving runs, one that almost led to a big opportunity for us. But Jordan Henderson's shot come cross just ended up being nothing. Harvey made it three on 76. A lovely touch and half volley inside the box. A beautiful goal. And it was exactly what we deserved. We deserved to be three up. They got a consolation on 80. It's a bit of a sloppy pass from Bobby. But Milner should do much better in midfield. And then it was quite painful watching James Milner try to run back towards his own goal and get a tackle in. Uh, Cardiff drove at our defence. Ball was slipped to Ruben Caldwell, who joined from midfield. And he finished past Cuevin Kelleher. There is some talk that Kelleher maybe should have been sent off early in the second half. He came out of his box to try and intercept a long ball. He missed the ball. He caught the man. The referee deemed that Ibu Kanate was in a position to recover the ball, that the striker would not have gotten to it before him. I think he's correct. VAR checked it for serious foul play. And while it looked bad on the initial watch, once you saw the replays, there was minimal contact. That, of course, has led to social media crying from many of the fan bases, including, of course, Arsenal, who like to play the victims when it comes to any sort of refereeing conduct. It's always amusing to me that Arsenal think referees have some sort of vendetta against them. Referees don't have vendettas against crap teams. They're just crap teams. That's why Arsenal are where they are, because they're crap. It has nothing to do with referees or anything of that nature. It is just the fact that they're not very good at football and that, you know, when players like Granit Xhaka get sent off, it's because they're idiots. Granit Xhaka gets sent off because he's a bad footballer. It's as simple as that. He makes bad decisions and he's a lummox. So what more do you want? Um, that saw out the game, 3-1. Like I say, comfortable, no real scares. Nothing really for us to be worried about. All positives. Minutes in the legs ahead of Leicester in the week. The debut of Diaz and, of course, Thiago and Harvey being back is huge. Absolutely huge. 
because we're going to need them to play a big part in the rest of our season. Uh, we'll play Norwich. Norwich beat Wolves 1-0 at the weekend to get to the fifth round. That came after a win away to Charlton in the third round. We've obviously beaten them in the League Cup and the Premier League this season. We will expect to beat them in the FA Cup. We also have them coming up in the league, also at home. And um, yeah, we should make it four wins from four against Norwich and progress on to the sixth round, which is the quarterfinal stage of the FA Cup. And all going well, we'll get somewhat of a favourable draw there. There's certainly the potential for it. Uh, to quickly go through the rest of the draw, you get Everton against Boreham Wood. So, you know, either of them would be seen as a team we should beat comfortably. Crystal Palace against Stoke, same thing. Nottingham Forest against Huddersfield. Obviously, both championship teams. Peterborough against Manchester City. Middlesbrough against Tottenham. Luton against Chelsea. And Southampton against West Ham. And again, particularly if we were to get the winner of that one at Anfield, you would expect us to progress. So things are looking good in the FA Cup. Uh, another cup run to go with our League Cup and Champions League runs. And there could be a cup treble here, even if the league is a little bit out of distance. There could be a cup treble here, which would be would be exceptional. Uh, and we would take that all day long. Uh, also in big Liverpool news, obviously the AFCON final was last night. And Senegal triumphed over Egypt 4-2 on penalties after a very, very dull 0-0 draw. Sadio Mane missed a penalty after seven minutes. Uh, Mo Salah playing his part in the missed penalty by giving the goalkeeper clear directions on where he thought Sadio would put the ball. Uh, Nothing really happened in the game. Senegal had the most of the play. Senegal had the better chances. I thought... um, Egypt's goalkeeper was very, very good. Senegal were a little bit wasteful, but Egypt set up to try and, you know, bore their way to the title. Despite having Salah, they don't really have anybody else in attack who's in any way useful. They're very well organised at the back, and it was clear that their plan was simply to try and frustrate Senegal, get it to penalties and hope to win it from there. Um, In the penalty shootout, Koulibaly scored to put Senegal one up. Saeed made it 1-1. Abdou Diallo of PSG made it 2-1. Abdel Noman, Abdel Momen, who is the young Egyptian defender who had a really good tournament, he missed. Then Buna Sar missed. And Marwan Hamdi made it 2-2 after six penalties taken. Bamba Diang made it 3-2 to Senegal, and then Lachine missed, and that gave Sadio the opportunity to step up and score the winner. And having missed a penalty during the game, to step up as confidently as he did and put that ball home the way he did was really, really impressive. And it's massive for Senegal. This is the first time they've ever won an African Cup of Nations. I think it cements Sadio's standing as the greatest Senegalese player of all time. I think it certainly has to move him up the rankings of the greatest African player of all time as well. He won player of the tournament. Some people have said maybe that shouldn't have been the case, but I think it was him or Salah. I think they were the two best players in the competition. I've seen some people say, well, Salah didn't contribute much. 
He had two goals and one assist. Each have scored four goals in the entire tournament, and he's responsible for 75% of them. How would he not have contributed much? What logic is that? This is a team that played to get through by the tightest of margins. And Salah was key to that. Um, Salah did not get to take a penalty in the shootout. He was on Egypt's fifth one. And I saw a lot of conversation on social media about, you know, why do you put your best penalty taker on the fifth penalty? I'm not being funny, but every manager has done that for years. And certain players insist on taking the fifth one. You know Cristiano Ronaldo insists on taking the fifth one. The fifth one is the one that's going to have the most pressure if everybody else has scored. The fifth one is the one with the most pressure. Because if you miss and your opponent scores, it's over. There's no more penalties. So I can see why Egypt would put Salah there. He is the one you'd rely on under pressure for them. It's not his fault that two others missed. Even if Salah had taken earlier penalties and those two had still missed, Egypt would still have lost. So this attempt to try and disparage Salah is very, very strange, especially given this was unquestionably Carlos Quiros's, uh decision. It was nothing to do with, with Mohamed Salah. He did not make this decision. He's not the one who insisted on taking the, um, the, the fifth penalty. That will have come from the manager. It's funny, it's a lot of Chelsea fans and a lot of City fans. Well, let's remember that City's best African player is Riyad Mahrez, whose team got dumped out in the group stage. And Chelsea, it's because they like to try and compare Eden Hazard to Salah. Well, Eden Hazard can't chat to Salah on any level. Eden Hazard has now been bypassed in terms of a career legacy by Sadio Mane. And there'll be no more discussion about it. If we're ranking the three of them, it's Salah 1, Mane 2 and then Hazard, a distant third. And uh, we shouldn't engage with them anymore on this topic. Uh, to move around the main Liverpool sites then, uh, Diaz debut, Elliot Stunner, and squad ready for four competitions. The last word on Liverpool 3, Cardiff 1 from This Is Anfield. Elliot's return hailed in exciting times for Liverpool. There's a piece about Sadio winning the AFCON. Um, Liverpool have named their 24-man Champions League squad with Luis Diaz added to the group. It's a piece there from Joanna Durkin. Uh, Nat Phillips, obviously the one to drop out. He's gone on loan to Bournemouth. Had himself an absolute shocker of a performance yesterday against Boromud. Genuinely appalling. Really, really struggled as Bournemouth got knocked out by non-league Boromud. Harvey Elliott credits unseen Liverpool staff member as key to come back. That's a good one. Go and read that one. Uh, Mo Salah faces burnout risk after four extra time games in 12 days. This is what I mean by Egypt trying to get by on the smallest of margins. Four games that went to extra time. Every single knockout game they played went to extra time. Uh, Andy Robertson has uh, tweeted out that he's buzzing for the star boy after Harvey's return and he's been told to stop stop trying to sell NFTs, which I thought was quite good. Uh, so yeah, loads there on This Is Anfield, so do check that out. On Liverpool.com, uh, Liverpool may have found a new playmaker who can unlock Luis Diaz. This is about Sadio Mane. 
there has been some suggestion that maybe Liverpool could look to play Mane in a number 10 role. The problem with that is his passing isn't consistently good enough for him to play as a 10. He has a tendency to overhit and underhit passes. So, no, there's that's not really something we could do. Uh, but you could maybe play him on the left wing if Diaz was to play through the middle. But I, I don't think that would be the best. And Mo on the right wing seems like a waste of Mo. Liverpool transfer agreed for the summer can follow proven 8 million Premier League template. So obviously it looks like Fabio Cavalli will get done this summer and the path to follow would be that of Michael Elise, who's been sensational for Crystal Palace this year following an £8 million move from Reading. I said yesterday on social media, I think we could actually do quite a bit of our business in the Championship this summer if we were that way inclined. For example, we clearly need a backup right back behind Trent. There's two there, Jaden Bogle and Jed Spence. Bogle plays for Sheffield United. Spence is on loan from Middlesbrough at Nottingham Forest. They're both outstanding. They both fit the the age profile. Stylistically, they work. They're both improving defensively. So they'd both be really good signings. Um, if Joe Gomez did decide to leave, now this player by the summer would be a Premier League player, but Tolson from Fulham would fit a lot of what we look for in centre-backs. Um, I think Brennan Johnson of Nottingham Forest is another one we could look to bring in. If Sadio did leave and Diaz becomes the starting left-sided attacker, well, we'll need a backup for him. And Brennan Johnson would make an awful lot of sense. He's a super talented player there at Nottingham Forest. The only thing we wouldn't find in the championship for the needs that we have um, would be that central midfielder that we're looking for. Someone to, you know, like Chouameni to come in from Monaco. But if you get him and then do the rest of your business in the championship and keep the keep the spend down while also selling on the likes of Nash, the likes of Nico potentially the likes of Sadio, you could come out in a profit and with a stronger squad overall. And uh, that would be that would be ideal. And obviously Carvalho is another one that would be coming from the Championship, but by the summer, Fulham will be a Premier League team. Uh, Liverpool confident on Mohamed Salah contract, but FSG agreement faces Serie A complication. Uh, another piece there. There's also a piece about Taki Minamino and how well he's done this season. The issue with Taki has never been his ability. The issue is his fit. And there's not really a position in the team that fits Taki's best role. So that's the issue with him. It's it's nothing to do with his ability as a football player. He's clearly a very good football player. Uh, it's just about his best role is the right side of, as an attacking midfielder in a box midfield behind two strikers. And we don't play that way. Uh, Liverpool free transfer for £63 million Bayern Munich man makes sense as Jurgen Klopp on red alert. So Serge Gnabry is the player in question. Um, Gnabry is brilliant. The issue with Gnabry is just he's had some injury problems. And can you rely on him? Like, there's no doubting his talent. He is absolutely ridiculously good. And if we could get him, then it would just be another world-class player being added to the mix. But I I find it really unlikely that he will leave Bayern. Um, I think he just ends up staying, signs a contract similar to what Kingsley Coleman and Leroy Sané got 
and Bayern continue to rotate the three of them in their two wing positions. Bayern have currently got, I think, the best uh, wing situation in the world, but some people will say it's us. Manchester City fans will be deluded and say it's them, but it's, it's also it's Bayern. Uh, Diaz maybe tips the scale in our favour if you think about it. Salah, Mane, Jota can play wide, and Diaz that might be that might be better than what uh, what Bayern have. Um, Liverpool must exploit Barcelona crisis with release clause transfer chance for forty seven million sterling. Again, this is Gavi, who I, I just can't see leaving. I just can't see leaving Barcelona. I think he ends up signing a contract similar to Pedri and Ansu Fati, who signed long-term deals with big buyouts. I think Gavi does the same thing when he turns 18. I don't see any other outcome there. Liverpool may have perfect Virgil van Dijk transfer air. Uh, this is Josko Gvardiol of RB Salzburg. No, RB Leipzig. Um He's really good. <laughs> he is really, really good. And he's been very impressive since joining Leipzig. Good in a two or a three. I know Spurs have been linked with him, and it's rumoured that he's their top choice to come in on the left side of Conte's three. But he is a Liverpool fan. He has spoken about it in the past. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be... It certainly wouldn't be one you'd be against. But Virgil's going nowhere for, for quite a while, so... We won't need to worry about that one in the short term. On AnfieldIndex.com, Stephen Smith has his player ratings up, so do give those a listen. There was a post-match medium rare. Guy was joined by Dave Horex and Chris Singh to talk about the win over Cardiff. And there was a main Anfield Index podcast, episode 313, Kloppo's Cattle Mart. Trev, Cam, and Lisa Marie, do check that out as well. All the podcasts on Anfield Index are now available to you free, but there is still the option of doing Anfield Index Pro, which is quicker release, no ads, access to our Discord server, and maybe some specials as well. So do check out Anfield Index Pro. It's $4.99 a month. It's a bargain. And if you do the, the yearly subscription, it works at £3.33 per month. Or £3.33 per month if you want to be really Irish. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a bargain. Uh, do check that out. It's there. It's available. And uh, like I say, no ads. Live podcasts as well. You get to listen live to the pods. You get them quicker. You get the Discord. And as I say, there might be a couple of specials that are only available on the pro side. Take care of yourselves. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
Sports Social Podcast Network.